Chapter sixty of the Headless Horseman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Headless Horseman by Maine Reed. Chapter sixty. A Fair Informer. If things physical may be compared with things moral, no greater contrast could have been found than the bright heavens beaming over the Alamo and the black thoughts in the bosom of Isidora as she hastened away from the jacale. Her heart was a focus of fiery passions, revenge predominating over all. In this there was a sort of demonic pleasure that hindered her from giving way to despair, otherwise she might have sunk under the weight of her woe. With gloomy thoughts, she rides under the shadow of the trees. They are not less gloomy, as she gazes up the gorge and sees the blue sky smiling cheerfully above her. Its cheerfulness seems meant but to mock her. She pauses before making the ascent. She has reined up under the ambragus cypress fit canopy for a souring heart. Its sombre shade appears more desirable than the sunlight above. It is not this that has caused her to pull up. There is a thought in her soul darker than the shadow of the cypress. It is invinced by her clouded brow, by her black eyebrows contracted over her black flashing eyes, above all, by an expression of fierceness in the contrast of her white teeth gleaming under the moustached lip. All that is good of woman except beauty seems to have forsaken all that is bad except ugliness to have taken possession of her. She has paused at the prompting of a demon, with an infernal purpose half-formed in her mind. Her muttered speeches proclaim it. I should have killed her upon the spot. Shall I go back and dare her to deadly strife? If I killed her, what would it avail? It could not win me back his heart, lost, lost without hope. Yes, those words were from the secret depths of his soul, where her image alone has found an abiding place. Oh, there is no hope for me. Tis he who should die, he who has caused my ruin. If I kill him, ah, then, what would life be to me? Prom that hour in endless anguish. Oh, it is anguish now. I cannot endure it. I can think of no solace, if not in revenge. Not only she, he also, both must die. But not yet, not till he know by whose hand it is done. Oh, he shall feel his punishment, and know whence it comes. Mother of God, strengthen me to take vengeance. She lances the flank of her horse, and spurs him up the slope of the ravine. On reaching the upper plain, she does not stop, even for the animal to breathe itself, but goes on at a reckless gait and in a direction that appears undetermined. Neither hand nor voice are exerted in the guidance of her steed, only the spur to urge him on. Left to himself, he returns in the track by which he came. It leads to the Leona. It is the way he is wanted to go. His rider seems neither to know nor care. She sits in the saddle, as though she were part of it, with head bent down, in the attitude of one absorbed in a profound reverie unconscious of outward things even of the rude pace at which she is riding she does not observe that black cohort close by 
until warned of its proximity by the snorting of her steed that suddenly comes to a stand she sees a cabalata out upon the open prairie indians no white men less by their color than the caparition of their horses and their style of equitation their beards too show it but not their skins discolored by the store of the parched plan las tejanos is the muttered exclamation as she becomes confirmed in regard to their nationality a troop of their rangers scouring the country for comanches i suppose the indians are not here if i've heard all right at the settlement they should be far on the other side without any strong reason for shunning them the mexican maiden has no desire to encounter los tejanos they are nothing to her or her purposes and at any other time she would not go out of their way but in this hour of her wretchedness she does not wish to run the gauntlet of her questionings nor become the butt of their curiosity it is possible to avoid them she is yet among the bushes they do not appear to have observed her by turning short round and diving back into the chaparral she may have yet shunned being seen she is about to do so when the design is frustrated by the neighing of her horse a score of theirs respond to him and he is seen along with his rider it might be still possible for her to escape the encounter if so inclined she would be certain of being pursued but not so sure of being overtaken especially among the winding ways of the chaparral well known to her at first she is so inclined and completes the turning of her steed almost in the same instant she reins round again and faces the phalanx of horsemen already in full gallop towards her her muttered words proclaim a purpose in this sudden change of tactics rangers no too well dressed for those ragged vagabundos must be the party of searchers of which i've heard led by the father of yes yes it is they Idios, here is a chance of revenge and without my seeking it god wills it to be so instead of turning back among the bushes she rides out into the open ground and with an air of bold determination advances towards the horseman now near she pulls up and awaits her approach a black thought in her bosom in another minute she is in their midst the mounted circle close drawn around her there are a hundred horsemen oddly armed grotesquely attired uniform only in the coating of clay colored dust which adheres to their habiliments and the stern seriousness observable in the bearing of all scarce relieved by a slight show of curiosity though it is an entourage to cause trembling especially in a woman isadora does not betray it she is not in the least alarmed she anticipates no danger from those who have so unceremoniously surrounded her some of them she knows by sight though not the man of more than middle age who appears to be their leader and who confronts to question her but she knows him otherwise instinct tells her he is the father of the murdered man of the woman she may wish to gee slain but assuredly shamed oh what an opportunity can you speak french mademoiselle asked the woodley poindexter addressing her in this tongue in the belief that it may give him a better chance of being understood speak better english very little sir oh english 
so much the better for us tell me miss have you seen anybody out there that is have you met anyone riding about or camped or halted anywhere isadora appears to reflect or hesitate before making reply the planter pursues the interrogative which such politeness as the circumstances admit may i ask where you live on the rio grande senor have you come direct from there no from the leona from the leona it's the niece of old martinez interposes one of the party his plantation joins yours mr poindexter see si, yes true that sobrina niece of don silvio martinez yo soy then you've come from this place direct pardon me for appearing rude i assure you miss we are not questioning you out of any idle curiosity or impertinence we have serious reasons more than serious they are solemn from the hacienda martinez direct answers isidora without appearing to notice the last remark two hours ago on posito mas my uncle's house i leave then no doubt you have heard that there has been a murder committed si senor yesterday uncle silvio's it was told but to-day when you left was there any fresh news in the settlement we have had word from there but not so late as you may bring have you heard anything miss that people were gone after the assassinato your party senor yes yes it meant us no doubt you heard nothing more oh yes something very strange senores so strange you may think i'm jesting what is it inquire a score of voices in quick simultaneously while the eyes of all turn with eager interest towards the fair equestrian there's a story of one being seen without a head on horseback out here too valga mi dios we must now be near the place it was by the nuches not far from the ford where the road crosses for the rio grande so the vaqueros said oh some vaqueros have seen it si senores three of them will swear to having witnessed the spectacle isidore is a little surprised at the moderate excitement which such a strange story causes among the tejanos there is an exhibition of interest but no astonishment a voice explains we've seen it too that headless horseman at a distance did your vaqueros get close enough to know what it was centesima no can you tell us miss i not i i only heard of it as i said what it may be quin sabe there is an interval of silence during which all appear to reflect on what they have heard the planter interrupts it by a recurrence to his original interrogatory have you met or seen any one miss out here i mean see si, yes i have you have what sort of person be good enough to describe a lady lady echo several voices see si, senores what sort of a lady una americana an american lady out here alone see si, senores who quinsabe you don't know her what is she like 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 yes how was she dressed vestido de caballo on horseback then on horseback where did you meet the lady you speak of not far from this only on the other side of the chaparral which way was she going 
Is there any house on the other side? A jack lay. I only know of that. Poindexter to one of the party who understands Spanish. A jackalay? They give that name to their shanties. To whom does it belong, this jackalay? Don Mauricio el Mutiniero. Maurice the Mustanger, translates the ready interpreter. A murmur of mutual congregation runs through the crowd. After two days of searching, fruitless as earnest, they have struck a trail, the trail of the murderer. Those who have alighted spring back into their saddles. All take up their reins, ready to ride on. We don't wish to be rude, Miss Martinez, if that be your name, but you must guide us to this place you speak of. It takes me a little out of my way, though not far. Come on, Cavalleros, I shall show you, if you are determined on going there. Isadora recrosses the belt of Chaparral, followed by the hundred horsemen who ride straggingly after her. She halts on its western edge, between which and the Alamo there is a stretch of open prairie. Yonder, says she, pointing over the plain, you see that black spot on the horizon? It is the top of an alhute. Its roots are in the bottom lands of the Alamo. Go there. There is a canyon leading down the cliff. Descend. You will find a little beyond the jackalay of which I've told you. The searchers are too much in earnest to stay for further directions almost forgetting her who was given them they spur off across the plain riding straight for the cypress one of the party alone lingers not the leader but a man equally interested in all that has transpired perhaps more so in what has been said in relation to the lady seen by isidora he is one who knows isidora's language as well as his own native tongue tell me nina says he bringing his horse alongside hers and speaking in a tone of solicitude almost of entreaty did you take notice of the horse ridden by this lady carambo yes what a question cavallero who could help noticing it the color gasps the inquirer un mustino pintojo a spotted mustang holy heaven exclaims cassius calhoun in a half shriek half groan as he gallops after the searchers leaving Isidora in the belief that, besides her own, there is one other heart burning with that fierce fire which only death can extinguish. End of chapter 60